Gorbachev tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. I guess I should officially say Happy New Year to everyone. I hope that you had a wonderful holiday break with your family. And uh I, you know, I've never been one to do the New Year's resolutions, although I have some plans, I'll call them that, some pretty big plans for this year, and uh, I won't share them tonight quite yet, but I'm going to be launching something totally new that a lot of people have been asking me to do for a few years, uh, something that I used to do, and I'm going to be relaunching, and I will give you some details on that, maybe on next week's program. Tonight, it's we've got so much. It is just one of those nights. L.A. Marzulli is here. He'll be with us in 28 minutes at the bottom of the hour. Of course, L.A. Marzulli, researcher, filmmaker, Bible prophecy expert. And with everything that's going on in the news, especially with Iran and, and all of the events over the weekend, uh, what a great time to have L.A. Marzulli booked with us as a guest. So he'll be with us tonight. Next week, we continue the theme of Bible prophecy. Our good friend, Pastor Paul Begley, will be with us. A lot to ask him about as well, about all of these world events. And Pastor Paul uh, just had a health scare uh, a few weeks ago, I think about three weeks ago. He went live on YouTube. He was in the hospital. Uh, We'll ask him about his health and how he's doing. That'll be next week. And uh, just some tremendous guests lined up for us. I spoke to our producer, Uh, A few moments ago, and she was going over all the names of all the guests and authors and people lined up in the coming weeks, and just, uh, you don't want to miss any of it. Uh, We are live on Sunday nights, and you can find out all about the replay, the downloads, all of that over at jimparisradio.com, jimparisradio.com. We also have a lot of fun with social media, so if you're somebody that does Facebook or Twitter or any of that, you can find out all about my social media links by going to my main website, christianmoney.com, and you'll find some interesting videos on my Facebook from this week. My wife and I, we went up to a little town. This is our third year doing it. It's called Blue Ridge, Georgia. And I was with some friends last night, and I mentioned that I was just in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And like three or four of them just chimed in that they had gone there. They have friends that live there. Um, I wasn't really that familiar with this town until one of my good friends moved there a little over three years ago. And uh, we have just really been enjoying going there at Christmas, visiting my friend and his wife, and just enjoying the sights. I mention that to you because if you go to my Facebook page or to my Instagram or if you go to my YouTube channel, Uh, Typically, you can find those by typing in my full author name, which is James L. Paris, P-A-R-I-S. If you go there, you'll find some neat videos from our trip to Blue Ridge. And uh, one of them was a day trip we took on a train 
which was really neat, a full video of that. Then there's a video of our visit to a small town in northeast Georgia called Helen, Georgia, which I had never been, never heard of, most incredible place. It's uh, a Bavarian-style town uh, built. Uh, you feel like you're in Germany. No kidding. And they have incredible German food there, a lot of fun things to see, including an amazing model railroad. If you're somebody that loves model railroads, which I do, I've always loved those since growing up in Chicago. My grandfather lived near a railroad track. As a young boy, I went to the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago on a field trip, and they have one of the largest uh, you know, model railroad exhibits in the world there and it's just so neat to see that and this is one of those that you just have to see if you're a model railroad aficionado uh, they've got that there as well we also uh, took a little side trip to a bigfoot museum and there's a video about that really neat place i thought ah this looks kind of cheesy one of those little cheesy stops that you see off the highway but but i was wrong it was actually really Really fascinating. So there's a video of that as well. So check out the social media. All of those links are over at christianmoney.com. And uh, tonight, our entire first segment, I know there's a lot going on in the news. We're going to save all of that for our guest, L.A. Marzulli, who will be with us in 24 minutes. We'll be talking about Iran, what's going on in the Middle East. We'll be talking about this uh, Iranian general that was killed by the drone strike. We'll be talking about Bible prophecy, in particular Ezekiel 38. Uh, we'll be talking about UFOs, these mysterious drones over Colorado. We'll be talking about Christianity Today and their uh, endorsement of the impeachment process of Trump and Beth Moore and, and others. All of that tonight with our special guest, L.A. Marzulli, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Okay, we do this show... We do this without a sponsor. So, by the way, if I didn't just say, which I think I did, we're, this entire first segment is all about Jeffrey Epstein. And there's some breaking news. We're going to get into that here in just a moment. Um, so, our sponsor tonight, we do the show without commercials, but we do have a sponsor, which helps us pay for the cost of all of this, which it's not cheap. Uh, I do try to keep the expenses down, but there still are quite a bit of expenses. And what we do is we have a sponsor each week. We just tell you about them, ask you to support our sponsor, and that helps us financially to continue to do the broadcast. Tonight, our sponsor is KetoDietQuickStart.com. Now, if you're somebody that has heard all of the talk, all of the rumbling about the keto diet, so many people have done so well on the keto diet. My sister has lost over 80 pounds on the keto diet. I went on the keto diet. I lost 20 pounds. Here's the bad news. I went off of the keto diet about six weeks ago, and I've gained about 15 pounds back. So I can tell you firsthand that it works because I lost the weight when I went off of it, gained it back, uh, lost the weight when I went on it, and then I gained the weight back when I went off of it. And here's my sister having lost over 80 pounds. So a lot of people want to find a book or a video course or somehow get information on how to do this diet. And really the best resource that I have found is KetoDietQuickStart.com. Check it out. There's a bunch of free information there. Um, there's a video you can watch. Once you find out more about it, you may want to actually purchase this online course, which is less than $40 
So this is less than like joining Weight Watchers or anything crazy like that. And it's a one-time thing. You just pay for it and then you have access to all of the resources, including there's like an online discussion group. There's a downloadable book. There are diet uh, recipes, shopping lists, all of that. Check it out tonight. Tonight's sponsor, KetoDietQuickStart.com, KetoDietQuickStart.com. All right, Jeffrey Epstein, we've been talking about the case now for weeks, and I was really interested to see what 60 Minutes was going to do. There was a special report tonight on 60 Minutes. You can actually find this online. Just Google search it. You'll find it. Um, It is about 14 minutes long, the report. And I watched it as it was broadcast live on CBS tonight. I was curious to see, you know, what is 60 Minutes going to do with this? You know, 60 Minutes, of course, known as one of the great investigative TV programs out there. However, you know, I think a lot of the the major media has decided to minimize and whitewash the Jeffrey Epstein story. So this was all being promoted as sort of inside information. You know, what you didn't know about Jeffrey Epstein's death. So that's what this was specifically focused on. And I watched the report. I then went to my computer and pulled up the replay. I watched it a second time. And I actually took a page of notes here, and I have 10 bullet points. And I may be doing an article on this. Uh, I likely will be doing an article on this that will come out sometime later in the week. But I wanted to unpack this for you. As somebody, I think I'm pretty familiar with this case I'm probably as familiar as any other of the pundits that are talking about this case. I follow it real closely. I have had some, you know, some guests on on this. I've read several books on this. So I think I'm pretty much, I think I'm knowledgeable. So my reaction to some of this here, um, it it may not resonate with those of you that are not familiar with the case. Uh, But I think most of this, even for those that are new to this case, it's going to kind of come as a, a shock. So What we're supposed to believe is that Epstein committed suicide in his cell. And this was at the um, Federal Correction Center in in Midtown Manhattan. And I'll tell you, there's just just too, too many weird things. You could accept maybe one or two anomalies, but when you start looking at the list of all these things, and I want to go over these with you tonight, but I just want to tell you that there's just too much here to believe that he committed suicide. This is not just that I thought somehow he was going to die because he knew too much and then he died, so I automatically assume that he was murdered. It's not that at all. I think a lot of people, when they, they heard that he was dead, jumped to the conclusion that he was murdered without even hearing what the, the details were. I kind of had my suspicions. I was leaning towards that myself, but I honestly... I honestly was still keeping an open mind. You know, you know who knows, you know what really happened to the guy. Um, so anyway, here are, here's my list of of the ten things that I picked up from this sixty minutes report. This may match up with some of your uh, items that that kind of caught your attention if you watched it as well. Um, the first thing is that this area that he was in was this was like the premier higher security zone inside this prison and this was where the higher profiled uh, inmates were kept and as part of the safety protocol each one of these cells 
I guess there were eight cells in this cell block area. Each one would house two inmates. And I guess part of the protocol of having two inmates in a cell is for this very reason to, in case something happens, you know, there's a second person there. If somebody has a medical episode or there's an attempted suicide, this kind of thing, there's a, there's a cellmate there. Well, just as timing would work out, uh, my first bullet point here is that just the day before, uh, Epstein's cellmate was removed from, he was released from the prison, so Epstein was left in the cell by himself, and there was no other cellmate brought in there, which is against the protocol. So, so we have that kind of as the first anomaly. Also, we're supposed to uh, believe just that these two prison guards, now get this, they're supposed to be checking on these inmates every 30 minutes, every 30 minutes. They did not do their rounds during the night for an eight-hour period. They just didn't do the rounds. Some reports are they were sleeping. Other reports say they were doing online shopping. Um, mm, I don't know. This is just weird. <laughs> and I'm going to get into the guards a little bit more here in a minute. But but then my, my second point here is if you saw the 60 Minutes report, and, and again, I encourage you to watch it, there are two cameras. They show you where the cameras are. So there's one camera that is outside the door that brings you into this cell block. So it's like the main door, and then behind that door there's a corridor, and that corridor then has four cells on each side. So you have the, um, you know, the total uh, of eight cells in there, and two uh, per cell you'd have about 16 inmates in that area. So you have this large door that you have to go through to get into this cell block. So there's a camera outside that door. So that camera was working. But then inside that cell block, in that corridor itself, which is a camera that shows the actual individual doors of each one of those cells, that camera was not working that night. So now we have a second thing to believe, that the camera was not working. Now we get to number three. Epstein is found dead in his cell the next morning. And rather than leaving his body there and considering it a crime scene, which is supposed to be the protocol, if you find a dead body in the cell, you leave it there, it's a crime scene, it's to be investigated. Instead of doing that, the body is actually his dead body, his cold dead body. He had been dead for probably at least two hours, according to reports. His body is moved, his body is transported to uh, the hospital as what you would do with uh, someone that's still possibly being revived. He was dead, but yet the body is moved. So now we have no crime scene that we can really investigate with the body being moved. Number four, his injuries, according to Michael Bodden, who was in the 60 Minutes uh, report, his injuries were not consistent with hanging because there were three bone fractures in his neck. And according to Michael Bodden, he says that he investigated over 1,000 hangings that have taken place in New York City uh, jails over the last 40 or 50 years. 
he's found no other case where all three of these bones are broken. This is why it is more likely that he was strangled than that he hung himself. Number five, the guard who found his body has still, still, okay, this is months, months ago, the guard has still not been interviewed by investigators. Let me say that again. The guard who found Epstein's body has still not been interviewed by investigators. He has been criminally charged along with one other guard, basically for their dereliction of duty, falsifying the, the reports. Those are the allegations. They, they say that they filled out the reports saying they made their rounds, even though they didn't make their rounds. So they're, they're criminally charged. So um, this guard is refusing to talk to investigators, the guard that found the dead body. Um, when we go further and we look at the next issue here, they showed a picture of the cell and supposedly where the noose was, was tied for Epstein, uh, it, was, it was a piece of cloth fashioned into a, a hangman's noose. And supposedly Epstein, who is taller than six feet, he hung himself from a four-foot uh, bedpost, which I, I guess that's possible theoretically, but makes absolutely no sense to me. Also in the cell, um, they showed the actual noose that was supposedly used. The, the noose itself, the size of it, the width of it, does not match up with the actual autopsy pictures of Epstein's neck. So, on his neck, where you can see where he was strangled, it's almost like a wire was used to strangle him. It's a very thin. In fact, it was uh, there was there was a lot of blood there in the autopsy pictures that were shown, but yet there was no blood on the noose that was made from cloth, um, like a bed sheet, I believe, was used. But there's no blood on that and it's much wider than the marks on his neck, which both of those points were brought up in the 60 Minutes uh, investigation as well. It's just getting to be you know, too much to believe. Um, then we move ahead to number seven. Apparently Epstein was fearful of being killed in prison, so he actually had money that he was paying into several of the different inmates' commissary accounts to get protection, which doesn't make any sense if a guy wants to die that he would be paying people to protect him. His uh, lawyers also said that he was in a very upbeat mood, was, was very hopeful about his, his upcoming appeal and that he might actually uh, you know, stand a chance of getting bail which is what I've said all along. I mean, this is a guy who's gotten away with so much over so many decades. The idea that he believed somehow this was the end, that he was not going to get out, especially with all the dirt that he has on all these famous and powerful people, I think he would probably 
probably believe his chances were pretty good that he'd be getting out. But uh, the idea that he just decided, nope, I'm going to kill myself, just doesn't add up. Now, when we get into the next point here, number eight, there's all of this, and just Google this name, Nicholas Tartaglione, T-A-R-T-A-G-L-I-O-N-E, Nicholas Tartaglione. Now, this is a former uh, New York police officer who is being held at this same correctional facility awaiting his trial, which I guess is going to be in September of this year. He is accused of killing four people. And uh, the details of those crimes that he's accused of are like mob-like hits, as they're described, uh, on behalf of, I guess... uh, a family member of his that's involved with some, you know, seedy uh, business, drug business dealings. Uh, so this this cop appears to be a dirty cop, allegedly. And he was this, the police officer. And if you see this guy online, he's, he's giant. He's like a bodybuilder on steroids. I mean, literally, the guy is huge, huge. And he was Epstein's first uh, cellmate. And he, he uh, Epstein had reported to guards that this Nicholas Tartaglioni had tried to kill him earlier when there was the so-called, um, you know, original attempted suicide. Uh, Epstein had reported that, that he, that this Tartaglioni, this ex-cop who's awaiting trial on four murders, that, that this guy tried to kill him. Now... <laughs> The same guy is still is still there now, this Nicholas Tartaglioni, and he was there in that cell block in a separate cell, of course, but not in the same cell, supposedly, uh, as Epstein. And, and uh, the next thing here, number nine, is this Tartaglioni was caught with a cell phone uh, just a few days before the death of Epstein. And you're not supposed to obviously have a cell phone if you're a prisoner in a maximum security prison, federal prison. But he had a cell phone somehow, some way, he had the cell phone, which I find to be very interesting. I also find it interesting that he is awaiting trial. So this is not a guy that's already convicted that is facing the rest of his life in prison. This is a guy who could probably use some connections, maybe some uh, some witnesses disappear or a deal is made. So this is a guy that's kind of, you know, uh, hoping for some good luck one way or the other on his upcoming trial. And apparently, according to Epstein, a report was earlier report was made that he did, in fact, try to kill him. So we have that. Uh, and then my last item here, number 10, is... Um, the the autopsy photos i mentioned a moment ago that the size of the noose does not match up with the injury on epstein's neck but there's one other very critical thing that uh michael Baden brought up which is the position on the neck of of the injury so if you watch the 60 minutes report you'll see that the area where the uh where the mark is, where the hanging supposedly the noose was on Epstein's neck, where the injury is, 
you can see that in the picture. It's actually very low on his neck. It would be like in the area of your neck if you wore a necktie. It would be that zone of your neck, very low. Whereas with a hanging, Baden pointed out, the injury that would be left would actually be very, very high up on your neck. It would be closer to your jawline, which makes sense to me. I'm, I'm not an expert on any of this. But when you just look at all of this, it, none of it makes any sense. And then there are reports that I read today that Jelaine Maxwell is still uh, on the run. One of the reports um, in, in hiding, I guess, would be the, the, the more fair way to say it. I don't think there's officially a warrant for her arrest or anything. I know they want to question her. But one report I read today is that she's in Israel where she has all of the connections to supposedly to Mossad and the intelligence apparatus there that she's not even in the country. So it just gets curiouser and curiouser when we look at this case. But I encourage you to uh, take a look at the 60 Minutes report. You can watch it online. You don't have to uh, have the CBS channel as a subscription or anything. It's available free uh, on their website if you want to do a Google search for it. I'm curious to get my listeners' reaction if you have some of the same observations that I do, or maybe you have some some different takes on it. Maybe you have some different thoughts on it. But uh, honestly, I have not believed from the beginning that Epstein killed himself, and I'm less convinced than ever after watching the 60 Minutes report uh, tonight. I am encouraged that the major media seems to be actually digging into this story as opposed to what they had been doing, which was, uh, you know, killing the story, according to that uh, Amy Robach hot mic video that we all saw. This is a story they didn't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. But I have to say, I'll, I'll say this in closing before we uh, bring in our special guest, Ellie Marzulli, probably the most odd thing of all, out of all of this, and there's too many things here, really, probably to pick one strangest thing. I just have the biggest problem with a guy who is taller than six foot tall hanging himself um, by tying his noose onto a four foot uh, bedpost. You know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Michael Bodden here. Okay, I I didn't take all the super advanced math classes when I was in school. But something's not right here. I, I, I don't even know. I just, I can't even fathom how you do that, how you hang yourself. And I guess people have done it. I, I read another article today that somebody figured out a way to you know hang themselves on, on the height of a doorknob. I, I guess it can be done. But I just find none of this adds up. None of this adds up. I mean, just, just too many things you have to believe here with cameras that happened to be off that day, with him not having a roommate that day, with guards sleeping, not doing the rounds for eight hours, guards refusing to talk to investigators, body being moved, all of this stuff. There's just too much to believe. It, it, there really is just too much to believe. All right, we will refire the open. We'll be back in one minute with our good friend, L.A. Marzulli, as we talk about Iran, Bible prophecy, Ezekiel 38, drones over Colorado, Christianity Today, a lot to get into with our friend, L.A. Marzulli. Stand by. We'll be back in one minute. <laughs> 